Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Another week down, another week that we're going to bring at you guys. So let's kick it off with Monday. Our strength is going to be five superset rounds on a three-minute clock. We're going to alternate. Um, We're going to do 10 good mornings, and then we are going to do a 20-second L-sit. So you guys have three minutes to get through those good mornings and the 20-second L-sit. We did an L-hang not too long ago, and... um, We talked about that a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, we did. The the way we typically will program this um, is an L hang. We're gonna keep that uh, for a day when we're when we're using our our arms in the other part of a strength or skill pretty frequently. An L sit because it's supported by the arms because we're on top of either the floor or uh, some boxes or a set of parallettes. It's pretty fatiguing on the shoulders, so we like to couple the L sit with something that doesn't require our shoulders elsewhere as far as uh, as far as our strength work goes. So that's why ten good mornings being pretty non-involved with the shoulders couples well with this twenty-second L sit. Yeah, I, I like this one. It's it's a great pairing. The good morning, you guys are going to be extending up. Um, you guys are using all posterior to kind of snap out of that bottom position. But don't forget to use the, the front of the body, the, yeah. the core, so that, that anterior chain in part, to stabilize. Because when you fold into the good morning, you should be very well braced through your midline. Yep. And then the L-sit's the exact opposite. Not the exact opposite, but it's very opposite. It's a static hold yep. where the quads are on fire, kicking, uh, kicking to keep the legs out. If you have to bend your knees to produce a, a L-sit where your, we're going to say where your femurs, uh, your upper leg bones are at least parallel with the ground, if not, if not tipped slightly upward, so knees above the level of the hips. If you have to bend your knees to do that, that's okay. If you can straighten one leg at a time, that's starting to scale it up towards being able to straighten both legs at once. And if you're really there, then we should see you pointing your toes like you're trying to poke them through the wall in front of you. Yeah, it's going to be a great pairing because it's overall going to be a great one for the midline. Um, we talk about midline organization, and this is a great way to build strength there. So make sure on the L-sit, um, what you guys are doing is, I know I have a tendency to do this, I try to bend my arms so that I can sink my butt down and I can almost like lean back to get my feet up. Uh, and it's really difficult, in my opinion, to do an L-sit with the arms locked out and to get the feet up. Uh, so I think a good scaling option for this one is... Giving yourself, uh, we say we put two boxes next to each other and we can kind of let our hips sink between them as we hold ourselves. Um, And maybe we do not both feet out and pointed. Maybe we try doing one foot with one knee tucked. Yeah. Maybe we try going both (laughs) knees tucked if that's where we're at. Why do you think it's so hard for you to get your legs fully extended with your hands on the floor? Um, It's really hard for me because all my weight's in front of me um, and I want to get myself leaned back so I can almost counterbalance, right? And mm. use my hands as my as my balance point. Mm. Uh, whereas on a pull-up bar, we engage our lat and we understand that a little better, right? We pull that bar down and it kind of pulls us back a little bit to get the feet up. So I think you're missing a big piece that's going to be fighting you and you might not know it yet. And it's definitely fighting a lot of other people. 
what's on the back of your leg that pulls your leg down and back? We're using it for the good mornings. Right, the hamstring. And if your hamstrings are tight, well, then your legs are automatically being pulled towards the ground. So you're not just fighting gravity and the weight of your legs. You're fighting your own musculature to try to put yourself in that horizontal leg position. So we're definitely going to warm up the hamstrings before this. Doing those good mornings further loosens and warms the hamstrings. Um, but, but analyze yourself. Are you really tight in the hamstrings? And is that one of the reasons why you can't lock your legs, uh, lock your knees and get your legs in that horizontal stance? Yeah, that's a good point. All right. On to, onto the workout. Yeah. We're going to do four rounds for time and it's going to have an 18 minute cap on it. Five bar muscle ups, which we're going to scale with 10 knees to elbows. If you're not at the bar muscle up yet, or if you're in the ballpark, but five's too many. We'd rather see you do maybe three bar muscle-ups um, so that you are performing and challenging that skill a little bit. Yep. Ten power cleans. This is written at 115 for guys and 80 for gals. And then 50 double-unders. Um, this one is going to be its pretty brutal. You guys are going bar muscle-up, clean, straight into double-under, and that is very, very nasty on the grip from the bar muscle up to the power clean um, and I'd say overall on just the shoulder being able to hold the shoulders um, and that stability I would say on this one for the power cleans I would suggest a break uh, I think that's going to be really taxing trying to hold on for 10 I think it's doable it um, is but I think taxing <clears throat> well you got you got some fierce movement yeah. back and forth between the power clean and the double under yeah especially if you're not as efficient with a double under you're going to get out of breath right at the beginning or right in the middle really of round one um and if if that's if that getting out of breath causes you to then miss double unders man you're in for a tough time uh so being a little bit more conservative with the power clean might lend itself to you doing bigger sets unbroken on the double unders and thus having a better time overall um then again there's definitely days when i go out there and i just say look i'm gonna do this unbroken I don't care if I'm slower. It's my mission today to to hold on to things and to hurt in a different way. So however you choose to approach it, uh, make sure you've got some backing for that approach and then fire away and see if you can get her done. I'd say an 18-minute cap, uh, people can definitely come in under it. This one is one that can be done, uh, I would say, very quickly. I'd say probably nine minutes if we have someone moving real fast. You could probably finish, finish this one nine or maybe just under. Uh, it's pretty. If you can go unbroken on the bar muscle up and power clean um, and double under, it's pretty quick back to back. The question is just can you breathe and continue that pace? Yeah, if you've got lungs that can handle that intensity, then, yeah, you can go fast. And if you've got the skills to back it, then this is, this is a fun workout. Yep. I'm going to have a blast on this one, I think. I don't know if we mentioned the double under scale. Um, but it's going to be one minute of work. So if you guys do not have those 50 double-unders, or if we're still working on double-unders, but 50 is going to be too much for us, then we can go with one minute of double-under practice. On to Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Um, we're going to start with some mobility work. We want you guys to work on your overhead mobility and your squat mobility. And this is going to be very workout-specific. Um, we want you guys working on your overhead mobility and squat mobility because in the workout, we gotta, we want you guys to be warmed up and we want you guys to kind of send it on this one. It's a good one for you guys to be ready for, as well as overhead and squat mobility are two things that I think are really um, overlooked a lot of times. We warm up the overhead position and we warm up the squat position um, and working on some mobility there, you guys might see some pretty dramatic improvements on where you guys are able to do um, 
your air squats are where you guys are able to do something overhead, like an overhead squat. You'll see a uh, you'll see a big improvement. So how do we do that? Um, I have a couple of ways I use with people, and I've used on myself. And we're actually going to put out a video of one of these ways. It's called a wall squat, and it's where you stand toes and nose to a wall, and then you try to put your arms straight up in the air and squat down as far as you can uh, without bending your elbows and without without getting pushed off the wall. So it definitely challenges the hip mobility, definitely challenges the shoulder mobility, and it challenges the organization of your midline. There it comes again. Organized midlines are important. Um, so we'll put out that video. We encourage you guys to to try it, to see where you are with it, because you can very quickly analyze, oh, today, to get below parallel, I have to be a foot away from the wall. Well, work on the mobility, and then see if in a month you're more like six inches away from that wall. Um, somebody who's a, an elite Olympic lifter, well, they'll be able to sit well below parallel without touching the wall while their toes are in contact with it. Um, and, and that's, that's important because it allows them to drop quickly below barbells when they do aggressive lifts like a snatch. And it allows them to freely move through the range of motion needed for something like our overhead squat. Yeah. Following that, our workout is going to be four time, 21, 15, and nine. Shoulder to overhead and front squat. And at the end of each round, you guys have two rope climbs to finish. So So with this one, we intend for things to be uh, pretty aggressively paced. Um, We're thinking trying to go maybe one break on the barbell in the first round in that 21. If that's too big a set for you to do unbroken, then break it up. Uh, But my encouragement is to think about finishing the shoulder of shoulder to overhead and rolling immediately into the front squat that last rep the bar is overhead if you just bring it down to your shoulders and sink like you're about to do a thruster well you're already in your first front squat uh we want to see people attack this it's got a 10 minute cap on it to force you to go fast and i think people have a chance to do it sub six minutes yeah I think it's definitely one that can be done. If you guys are rolling and you guys are comfortable doing it, going 21 shoulder overhead, no break, right into 21 front squats, uh, I think this one can be done in the five to six minute range, uh, just depending on on that barbell. But you guys got to make sure that that weight's appropriate. If you guys are choosing a weight that's going to make you guys break that 21s into, say, 7s, too much. Yeah, we, we want you guys to be holding onto that barbell it should be a weight where you guys, I mean, it's going to hurt, don't get me wrong, but it should be a weight where you guys are consistent. You have five reps left, and yes, it's hard, but you guys can manage and get through. It's not breaking you in that. Yeah, with, with this guy, um, notice that it's all we're doing that day. Everything is build up, warm up, mobility, and then slam through a short, intense piece of work. Um, I hope you guys are starting to see the value in, in these high-intensity components. Not every day needs to be a grind. Not every day needs to have three different lifts. Not every day needs to have strength and a workout. Um, We can do a lot by doing less and doing it with great intention and and get the results out of that. I've found that for years for myself, Um, and, and I know you have as well. Sometimes it's good to go long. Sometimes it's good to go steady. Sometimes we need to go fast. Yeah. And this is the day this week when we're saying let it loose, let it rip. If you make a mistake, you make a mistake. You, you won't pay for it for that long because it's a 10-minute cap and you'll be done. Yeah. I think this is a great day for you guys. Really spend a lot of time on that mobility work also. Uh, 
perform in it. Do not just sit around and talk because that's a great day for you guys to get really ready to attack a Fran, I don't want to say a Fran style, but almost that Fran mindset where we're going into it and we're thinking, you know what, like how fast can I get this one done? I'm going to attack this one and see how quickly I can get through it. So make sure that you guys are, are putting a lot of intention into that day. I'm, I know I'm really excited for that one. That's a really good workout. Um, and like Phil said, less is going to be more on this day. Uh, so make sure that you guys are putting everything you got into that workout. On to our Wednesday. We are going to continue our cycle of overhead squats. We're doing seven sets of three overhead squats, and we're doing with a pause in the bottom. We're going to hold that bottom position for three seconds each rep. Um, the weight, we're going to kind of let you guys figure that out. We're going to have to start lighter. Seven sets is quite a few, so we don't need to start at an exact percentage. But you can probably start this over 50%, um, probably in the 60-ish percent range, if you, if you have some confidence in your squatting. Um, why do we want to hold in the bottom of that overhead squat? Uh, this actually kind of goes back to your wall squat, um, your, your test there. And it's because when you guys are holding in the bottom of that overhead squat, it really does force you guys into good position. So if you guys are holding position that is not good, if you guys are holding a bad position, if you start to see things failing, like for me, I know my internal rotation starts to happen, um, it's a great place to address it. I can think for those three seconds about keeping the abs and the butt tight, and I can think about externally rotating. And what it actually helps me do is it helps me when I do an overhead squat with no pause, my stability is much better. That bottom or that hole position is where a lot of athletes, you see them go down, they hit the bottom hole position, and what happens is that's where their faults hit. Either their knees wink in, either their armpits collapse on themselves. Um, and it's because when you hit and you dead stop and you turn around and try to come back, that's obviously the place that's going to be hardest in the lift. Mm. Um, so holding that position helps you guys kind of work past a lot of those uh, issues. It helps me work past my internal rotation issue. It helps you learn to stay organized, doesn't yep. it? Yep. And, and just, like, just like the wall squat, uh, the more upright and vertical you can maintain – obviously the much, much better that lift's going to be um, because positioning is going to be organized. I believe I have a saying that I pull out from time to time. Position is power. And if you have strong positioning, then you have the power to then go through that lift. Um, a, a strong athlete's not going to look like they're struggling with this because they aren't. They're in a strong position. Their knees are pushed out. Their chest is up. And they have that bar screwed in over their shoulders. It's fully engaged. And really, they're just sitting down and standing up. And that's not a big deal because that's what we do all the time. Yep. So going with that, what weight should we start at then for people? Um, like I said, 50-ish percent plus. Oh, okay. Did you say that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it really depends. Um, I know I know personally I can, I can definitely work heavier than that, but I'm very confident in my positioning um, and I've done paused overhead squats before. So fit in where you fit in. Um, it's... It's not about the weight. It's about the control. So if you need to go lighter, if you make, if you put on a weight and it's just, oh, that didn't work quite right, that's fine. Make that mistake. Go down and wait, and then let's let's fix it. This is not necessarily about who can lift the most. In fact, it's definitely not about who can lift the most. That's not what we're ever after. We're after how can you lift better today to lift more tomorrow. Yep. And following that, our workout is going to be stations, and we're going to do two minutes of work at each station. The goal in all of this is to build up the biggest total 
of reps completed, reps and calories completed between all of the stations. So be a little smart here. Uh, don't go out and just slam the first two minutes because there's no rest built in. Once you finish one station, you move immediately into the next and you begin tallying up more reps on a new movement. And the stations go like this. We've got calories rowing. Yep, and then we go into a burpee. And then we've got calories on a bike erg. And then you guys are on to a wall ball shot. That's going to be a 20-pound ball for guys, 14 for ladies, to a standard 10-foot target, 9-foot target. And then calories on a ski erg. And back to burpees. Finally, we're going to kettlebell swing and finish with wall ball shots again. So uh, at CLE, we don't have quite as many machines. So this is going to bounce around a little bit. You might be slightly different in the order, but you will get to do all of the movements. Uh, you might be starting at wall ball shots and working your way down to then bump back up. It just depends on how many people we have in that class um, for the machines that we do have. Yeah, this one's going to be uh, a little bit nasty. You guys are visiting that wall ball shot twice and that burpee twice. So I would say it's a good plan for you guys to try to hit the number that you hit previously. Um, on your first set of burpees, set out a pace and try to hit it on the second set. Same thing with the wall ball shots. Coming out of this workout on wall ball shots, if you guys end up coming out on a wall ball shot, um, it's going to be nasty. Make sure that you guys are using all two minutes wisely. I know Phil and I talked about this last podcast that we were on or maybe two ago. Uh, we talked about if it's a good strategy to hold on to massive sets on wall balls or if it's a good strategy to do small sets with a quick rest back on. I would say for this one, a small set with a quick quick, quick rest. There you go. And back on is, is going to be a much better strategy because – Two minutes of wall ball shooting, uh, unbroken is, I mean, that's sadistic. Well, it depends on who you are. Um, and he said, if you're the ones finishing off on wall balls, it's going to hurt. Well, I don't care where you're finishing off. It better hurt. That last two-minute window when you've got no movements left coming at you, then you better, you better empty the tank. We should see a lot of people, uh, a lot of people rolling around on the floor after the workout. But don't roll around for long. Get up, get moving, get on a rower, do a cool down and then start stretching out, right? It's not good for us to just lay and, and be a sloth once we finish a hard, intense piece of work. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's half of our week. Be sure to stop back in on Wednesday when we'll bring you the latter half. We'll see you guys in the gyms.